Welcome to Onside, the official podcast from the Australian Sports Anti-Doping Authority. Our mission is to protect the health of athletes and the integrity of Australian sport. Hello, I'm Tim Gavel. Shortly we'll meet people who work at ASADA and people associated with clean, fair sport. We'll answer questions from the public and give you a fast fact relating to clean sport. And this morning our guest is swimmer Kurt Herzog and Kurt works as an ASADA clean sport educator. Good morning, Kurt. Good morning, Tim. Thanks for having me, mate. That's all right. Now, having a look at your swimming career, effectively you feel as though you're almost retired because of injury? Yeah, I had a, a pretty good run, I guess, over the years of 2014, 2015, uh, leading into the Olympics of 2016. Um, but 2016, I started to get some shoulder niggles at the time. Um, and unfortunately, I had to get double shoulder surgery on my left. Um, they were six months apart, those surgeries. And then six months after that, I tore a couple of tendons in my right shoulder, which I'm trying to manage at the moment. Um, but it's not really, not looking very likely for the future. So um, I'm sort of putting my swimming career on hold at the moment and working on other areas in my life. The highlight for you in your swimming career, though, 2015 in Russia, winning a bronze medal at the World Championships. Yeah, that's right. Um, surreal experience. I was in that team with some legends of the sport, including Grant Hackett. Um, so that was unreal because I saw Grant Hackett, you know, at eight years old, compete at the Sydney 2000 Olympics. And um, there I was 15 years later swimming alongside of him in a relay. So a phenomenal experience and something that I'll, I'll never forget. You made your Australian debut at 23 years of age, which is relatively late in swimming terms, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that I'm pretty proud of. Uh, I think a lot of people that I grew up training with uh, throughout my career sort of look at me now and think, oh, you know, I was better than him when I was younger. If only I kept at it. Um, and that's something that I th I think I'm very proud of. You know, I was, I've always enjoyed my swimming and um, I've sort of always wanted to make the Australian swim team. And um, for me, it's just, it was years of persistence and discipline and Eventually, when I made it, I think uh, it was it was worth the wait. That discipline holds you in pretty good stead later in life, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, and I think that's a message that I try to get out uh, to a lot of swimmers that I talk to these days. Is um, you know, if swimming teaches you so many good life skills. Um, one of that being discipline, and you can take that into other areas of your life, into whatever you, you choose to work in in the future. Um, you know, swimming is a sport that teaches you if you work hard, um, you're going to get a bit out of it. So, yeah. Got a twin brother? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Does he swim as well? Uh, he used to. He was actually um, a lot better than me when we were younger. Um, was sort of one of the main drivers for me to uh, excel um, in the sport of swimming because um, he used to absolutely smash me and I was always known as the slower twin. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I always thank him and um, very grateful for him to have grown up. Now, you're a NASADA clean sport educator. How did you come about doing this and why did you decide to do it? Yeah, I suppose, um, you know, putting years and years of training in, into your sport, into your chosen sport, you, you want to make sure there's a clean playing field, um, especially when you get to that higher level and you're competing internationally. You want to, um, you put so much time and effort into making an Australian team when you get to that level. You want to make sure you're competing against other people from different countries who are also, um, you know, clean and, and not taking performance enhancing drugs. So I guess I grew really passionate about it over the years and when the opportunity arose, um, it's something that, you know, I wanted to jump on and, and advocate towards athletes of the future. And to warn athletes too about inadvertent doping, 
to make sure that they don't take the wrong thing when they might think that they're taking the right thing. Yeah, exactly right. And that's becoming really important these days, um, particularly with supplements. I had a couple of friends growing up in the sport of swimming who unfortunately uh, tested positive to uh, a prohibited substance uh, in a supplement that they thought was completely legal. Um, so for me, you know, I saw the implications and the consequences that that had on their career. Um, and that's something that I, that's a message I want to get across to, to the future athletes and kids these days is to not get sucked into those supplements. And they can relate to you, can't they, the, the people that you're talking to because you have been at that elite level and especially when you're talking to young swimmers. Yeah, that's right. Um, and that's why I enjoy talking to, to these young swimmers. I feel like my, my journey as an athlete is, is very relatable. I wasn't a freak at a young age. So things like uh, supplements and stuff uh, can be quite appealing to me because I'm always looking to, to catch up to people and to get bigger and stronger. Um, but, you know, there's other alternatives to that. And, you know, the supplement companies out there are just wanting you to to think that there's a, a magic bullet to take um, and it isn't the case. It's, it's what they've been doing all those years. It's just hard work, persistence, good nutrition. Um, and that's a lot. That, that's the message I like to get across as well. What's the reaction from some of the swimmers that you're talking to? Uh, do you find they relate to you better? Yeah. Well, the first question they usually ask is what supplements do you take? <laughs> um, uh, because I'm quite big now and, and probably on the larger side in, in the swimming world. Uh, but, um, you know, I just like to tell them, you know, a lot of the time my sports scientists and doctors and nutritionists who I've consulted all over my years of high performance have, have always told me that supplements aren't going to give you the winning edge. Um, and, and that's the message I like to relay to these athletes is that, you know, the, the guys who, are, who know what they're talking about will tell you that you can be just as good eating the right foods. Were you nervous at first when you got up in front of a, a group of swimmers? How did you approach it? Yeah, uh, like, I don't know. I think um, doing public speaking in high school, I was always quite nervous. I was quite a shy kid. Um, but I guess when it comes to swimming, I know what I'm talking about and I'm quite passionate about it. So I also, I'm, I'm fairly comfortable after I, after I do a little bit of an introduction, but um, I'm always happy to give back as well to the athletes. And I think that's why... Um, I'm probably yeah, a little bit more comfortable than on the nervous side, to be honest. Good on you, Kurt. Thanks very much for joining us on Onside today. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. That is Kurt Herzog, swimmer, who's also an Asada clean sport educator. We'll have more from Onside in just a moment. This is Onside, the official podcast of Asada. Time now for So I Was Wondering, where Asada personnel answer questions from the public. And today's question is... What rights does an athlete have when they're asked to be tested? And to answer the question, Adele Weeks from Asada Operations. During sample collection, athletes have the right to have a representative present, have an interpreter, if available or if required, ask for additional information about the sample collection process, request modifications to the process if the athlete has an impairment, request a delay in reporting to the doping control station for a valid reason. And valid reasons include, for in-competition testing, it could be to perform a warm-down, to compete in further competitions, to fulfil media commitments, participate in a victory ceremony, perhaps they need to obtain their photo identification or obtain necessary medical treatment, to locate a representative or an interpreter, or any other reasonable circumstance as approved by the doping control officer, who we refer to as the DCO. 
An athlete can also delay an out-of-competition test whilst they locate a representative, complete a training session, receive necessary medical treatment, obtain photo identification, any other reasonable circumstances as approved by the DCO. The DCO must refuse any request for delay if the athlete cannot be chaperoned throughout the whole process. This is very important to ensure the integrity of the process is maintained. Time now for a fast fact. In 2017-18, there were 29 sanctions imposed across 14 sports. ASADA's domestic testing operations involve both government-funded and user-pays arrangements as part of its strategic intelligence and science-led anti-doping programs. You've been listening to Onside, the official podcast of the Australian Sports Anti-Doping Authority. Send in your podcast questions or suggestions to executiveoffice at asada.gov.au. For more information about clean, fair sport, visit our website, asada.gov.au, or check out our Clean Sport app.